Welcome to Money Hacks, where we offer tips for the newcomer to the financial investment scene. It's no secret that property is a key preoccupation in Singapore. Now, a big reason for that is that for many of us, property is our biggest asset in terms of value. But just because we're obsessed with buying or selling property doesn't mean everyone understands all the issues involved, though. Welcome to Money Hacks. I'm Chris Lim, digital editor of the Business Times, and my co-host is SPH head of podcasting, Ernest Lewis. For this episode, we'll pose some scenarios to Kalpana Rashiwala, property correspondent for the Business Times. Hi, Kalpana. Hi. Say I'm in my early 30s and looking to buy my first home, both to live in and to potentially sell an upgrade in future. What should I be looking out for? Since I can afford at most one property right now, should I leapfrog HDB and go straight to private housing? Would I be correct to assume that private housing is more likely to appreciate in value and allow me to sell whenever I need to? Perhaps I can begin with a short preamble about uh, property investing. Actually, uh, some people think that property investing is a very good way to force yourself to save money because each month you would have to make a monthly mortgage payment to the bank. So you know you have to set aside this money. Then later on, if you want to sell that home, you could use it to help you upgrade to a bigger house or a more valuable house or even to downgrade in your later years. So property investing is actually a very uh, good habit. With that in mind, um, whether you want to start off with HDB or private depends on your lifestyle and your budget. What is foremost, I think, uh, is uh, that you should always do something that you're comfortable with. Um, look for a property in a location that you like. Perhaps it's near your family, your in-laws, uh, your children's future schools, perhaps, your place of work, uh, and the surrounding kind of facilities like neighbourhood markets, etc. And then zoom in on whether you want to do HDB or go into private street. The good thing about HDB, assuming you're a Singaporean, uh, is if this is your first property, you can buy a flat directly from the HDB. And that means uh, you would be paying a much lower price than buying a HDB flat in the resale market. Um, so I think as a Singaporean, it's your right as a citizen to enjoy this form of subsidized housing. Uh, supposing you decide to buy a HDB flat in the resale market too, um, you would also be able to make use of various types of grants. If you go to the HDB website, you can read up on these grants. And if you want to go to private, that's also a good idea. Because um, for private, if it's a condominium, you would have a lot of facilities, you know, like a swimming pool, um, a barbecue, gym, a clubhouse. So especially if you have children, I think they would enjoy the swimming pool. Are there monthly maintenance fees to worry about, though? Oh, yes. Uh, for private condos, of course, these fees would be higher. For HDB, I think they call them uh, service and conservancy charges, so they would be much lower. And I think if people fall on difficult times and they need to readjust their, what you call, their type of housing, uh, HDB would be a m lot more sympathetic. What about the appreciation in value that Chris was uh, referring to with private housing? It's more likely to appreciate in value and allow him to sell whenever he needs to. 
you know, would he be correct to assume that? Or okay, it's uh, yeah. I, I I think to some extent it's true, uh, because. Um, for HDB, there are lots of rules, so you can't just sell it to anyone. The buyer would have to uh, be able to qualify to buy a HDB flat uh, from you in the resale market. Uh, but on the other hand, the pool of buyers for HDB is a lot bigger mm. than private. So yes and no. Well, Kapana, what if I have enough disposable income to consider buying a second property purely okay, for investment? Should I ignore leaseholds and only pursue freeholds since leaseholds depreciate in value as their leases run down and also aren't as practical to potentially leave to my children and grandchildren, etc.? I, I think that in theory you're right. But in reality, the bulk of housing stock, I think, would be leasehold in Singapore. Um, so it might be difficult to buy a freehold house. Um, what you should bear in mind is that if you're going to buy a private home, that is sitting on tenure uh, with 99-year leasehold tenure, um, you should try and look out for um, property that has at least, I think, at least a minimum of 80 years remaining lease. Uh, the reason I say this is that um, in time to come, you're right, as the, uh, as the lease depreciates, or rather it falls um, for the land tenure, the value of the home will drop very rapidly. And the other thing to bear in mind is that um, when you want to sell that home and the balance a tenure of the site lease is very low, your potential buyer may have a hard time finding a loan from a bank. He, uh, there may also be restrictions on the use of a CPF funds to make that purchase. So that's something to bear in mind. Of course, the elephant in the room is on-block sales. So if I buy a relatively mature estate with a, a, a lease that's running down, 60 years or less, that could increase the chance of uh, an on-block being pushed through, potentially bringing myself a windfall. Or is that not something I should be counting on, actually? Uh, I suppose you're talking about a private home, right? Yeah, private home, of On course. a lease, uh, sorry, a private home in a condominium on a... Uh, Site with leasehold tenure, that's what you mean? That's right. Okay, you could take that risk. It could be an opportunity. You could make a windfall, but there's no guarantee. Uh, for instance, if you make the purchase right now and hope there's a collective sale, it may eventually manifest, but by the time it manifests, uh, uh, the on-block uh, boom could be at its tail. So that's the risk you take. That, that's, that's always the dream to, to buy <laughs> at, you know, well, to sell at the peak. And then, right, and then buy something once once the market goes down, and then you get the best of both worlds. But in reality, it's very hard to predict the market or be, be lucky enough to catch the market in, in that state, right? So that's why it's always a good idea to be prudent in your investment. So in case the investment does not pan out the way that you hope it will, um, can you hold on to that property for a reasonable length of time? So usually... Um, some uh, property consultants give the advice that if you're buying an investment property or even a property for your own occupation, you should make sure you have sufficient financial resources to tide you through uh, three years, that's 36 months, of your mortgage payments. So that in case something happens, unfortunately, and you need to dispose of your property or move to a smaller property or whatever, you have some time to play with. So you have to be very prudent. In other words, you can't really live on the edge and, and, and 
take it as uh, something speculative that you can flip any moment. You have to be able to write it out in case uh, some life happens to you. Yes, uh, that's why I think even uh, the most seasoned developers would normally uh, tell potential home buyers that property is a long-term investment. It's not a question of buying now, flipping it in three months, making a profit. In any way, there are lots of cooling measures that are still in place to ensure that you can't really do that. Well, lots of food for thought there. Thanks for your tips and insights, Gopana. And do check out episodes on other investment topics from this podcast series, Money Hacks, on The Straits Times and The Business Times. Now to you, our listener, we'd like to invite you to pose your own questions or scenarios to moneyhacks at podcast at sph.com.sg. That brings us to the end of this episode of Money Hacks, where we help you make sense of trends and your finances. Do note that any financial or investment information in this podcast is for use in Singapore only and is intended to be for your general information. Any particular investment or decision should only be made after consulting with a fully qualified financial advisor.